following presentation of the Midland City Planning Commission will begin in a moment. The Midland City Planning Commission is responsible for overseeing the city's master plan, conducting public hearings, and offering recommendations to the City Council on a wide range of local land use issues. The Planning Commission consists of nine Midland residents who are appointed by the City Council. Planning Commission meets two Tuesdays per month at 7 p.m. in Council Chambers at City Hall. This presentation is provided by the MCTV Network, a service of the City of Midland. Replays of this meeting can be found on MGTV Channel 188 on Charter Spectrum, through Channel 99 on AT&T or on demand at www.cityofmidlandmi.gov. Select meetings are available on MCTV Network's Government Affairs Podcast Channel. Tuesday, August 9th, 2022, regular meeting of the Mount Pleasant, or sorry, the Midland City Planning Commission to order. If you would all please rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. McCoy? Here. Broderick? Here. Bain? Here. Panasic? Here. Craig? Here. All right, our first item tonight is election of officers. We have a nominating committee. Uh, do we have any nominations coming forward for chair? Yes, we would like to nominate Mr. Andrew Collinger for chair and Mr. Aaron Deckerow for vice chair. All right, we'll take the nominations for chair first. We have a nomination for Andrew Collinger. Do we have any other nominations for chair? Any other nominations for chair? Seeing none, all in favor of Andrew Collinger as chair, please vote by saying aye. 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 All right, congratulations, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Appreciate the continued support. Um, we need a nomination for vice chair as well. I heard a name, but you'd like to hear it again? Yeah, I would like to nominate uh, Mr. Aaron Deckrow for vice chair. All right, we have a nomination for Mr. Deckrow as chair. Do we have any other no uh, nominations for vice chair? All right, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed? All right. Welcome, Mr. Vice Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next item on the agenda is approval of the minutes from the previous regular meeting held on July 26th. Any comments, commissioners, clarifications? Um, yes, could we add um, the comment I made about the, the two separate parcels and the relation to the open space and also your comment chair about um, joining those two spaces together yes i move that we um, approve the minutes from july 26 with those two edits we have a motion to have a second second we have a motion and a second to approve the minutes from the last meeting with uh, a small revision. Uh, all those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. All right, minutes are approved. Thank you for that clarification. 
Uh, we'll move on to uh, our next item on the agenda, which is public hearings. Um, we have one public hearing this evening, and as we're getting started, um, a quick reminder about the public hearing process. Uh, we'll begin with a staff presentation and overview of the petition. Then we will invite the petitioner to present, at which time we will open it for public comments and questions. We will then provide the opportunity for the petitioner to provide final comments and rebuttal. Then we will close the public hearing, and then we will go into deliberation and possible decision by the Planning Commission. So we have one public hearing this evening. It is zoning petition number 640. And with that, I will turn it over to you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Our uh, public hearing this evening is zoning petition number 640. Uh, this is a property located at 6000 Stark Road. The applicant is MLR Engineering. Property owner is Tom McLand Company. The property is located at 6000 Stark Road. This is roughly in the northeast quadrant of Stark Road and North Saginaw Roads. Property is 64.4 acres in size. The property was recently annexed by the city of Midland from Homer Township. As such, it currently has a Homer Township zoning designation of Community Services Commercial District. The applicant is proposing three zoning districts on the property, RA1 single family, RA4 single family and two family, and RC regional commercial. On the, on the screen, you'll see a map of the subject property. As I noted, this is in the northeast quadrant of Stark Road and North Saginaw Roads. The property is largely uh, vacant at this time, um, somewhat forested with a small burrow pit in the northeast corner um, that you'll see on the screen that does seasonally fill with water. There's a mix of zoning in the surrounding area. Um, properties to the south are um, partially located in Homer Township. Um, there is city zoning to the uh, north, west, and east, um, and it is a mix. Uh, we have regional commercial zoning. We have some RA3 and RA1 zoning, um, as well as some office service zoning in the um, area of the subject property. In terms of future land use, you'll see there's a split future land use on the subject property, and there's a variety of land uses on the neighboring properties, primarily low-density residential to the north and east, and more of a mix of commercial um, and higher density residential to the south and west. So we've got three different zoning districts here that are proposed and so we've included the intent for those. Um, RE1 and RE4 have the same zoning intent which is primarily for residential development um, in a detached format. And so RE1 is the largest lot, um, least dense residential district uh, in the city of Midland zoning ordinance. RE4 is the most dense of the single family districts and it's the only one of those four districts that provides for two family dwellings. Just as an example of some of the permitted uses in that district, you'll see again, single family detached dwellings, two family dwellings in the RA4 district. Uh, we have cultural facilities, fire stations, schools and parks. In terms of regional commercial, this zoning district is proposed for the frontage along North Saginaw. And this is a really an area that's intended to provide a variety of commercial office, retail, um, and service-oriented uses for the community, as well as the broader regional community. So as such, this is one of the most intense, uh, most vehicle-oriented districts in the zoning ordinance. Some of the uses that are allowed in the district include the, those listed on the screen, auto repair garages, uh, banks and credit unions with drive-up windows, convenience stores, hotels, medical clinics, places of worship, and shopping centers, just as a sample of what's permitted in that district. 
So in terms of the review criteria, Planning Commission will recall that there are um, multiple review criteria in the zoning ordinance that must be considered by the Planning Commission and City Council in their review of a zoning petition. So the first is the proposed amendment consistent with the City Master Plan. Um, SEF finds that yes, um, those designations are consistent with the future land use map. They also further goals that are contained within the master plan, including uh, the following. One, encouraging integration or mixture of appropriate uses to create great places, promote a healthy, walkable community, and reduce, reduce vehicle trips. And this is because we do have a mix of uses within the proposed uh, rezoning area. So we've got dealing with just shy of 65 acres, and we've got a mix of the commercial uh, with that regional commercial component along North Saginaw, some higher density housing with that RA4 designation, and then a lower density option as you transition into a lower density residential area to the north and east. It also will provide a diversity of housing types and costs to meet the needs of all age and income groups. So given the size, we feel that there's a nice uh, and appropriate mix of housing types proposed within this development um, with the rezoning. Number two, will the amendment be in accordance with the intent and purpose of the zoning ordinance? And again, staff finds that yes, the, uh, it meets the intent of the zoning code uh, in terms of the intent of those districts that are proposed um, and the complementary, complementary nature of the commercial area along North Saginaw and the residential area that's proposed to the north where there are existing residential uses. Three, have conditions changed since the zoning ordinance was adopted uh, to justify this amendment? And um, this one's simple, yes, um, the property has been annexed into the city and as such, um, in accordance with the zoning ordinance, within two years, the property must be designated with a city um, zoning category or categories. Um, and so that we feel these are appropriate and again, consistent with the master plan vision for the property. Will the amendment merely grant special privileges? No, again, the zoning is consistent with the zoning of properties along other um, major streets within the city, as well as those of surrounding properties in the immediate vicinity. Five, will the amendment result in an unlawful uh, exclusionary zoning? And the answer is no. We do have a mixture of land uses here. It's compatible with, with what's happening in the immediate vicinity currently um, and would not be considered exclusionary. It also aligns with the vision of the master plan. Six, will the amendment set an inappropriate precedent? No, um, this amendment is consistent with the city's master plan and therefore um, staff doesn't believe it will set an inappropriate precedent. Seven, is the proposed zoning consistent with the zoning classification of surrounding lands? Uh, and again, the answer is yes. Um, North Saginaw Road does have a diversity of land uses and zoning um, designations, current, designations currently. Um, all along North Saginaw Road from Eastman up to Stark, um, there's a pretty uh, consistent mix of commercial districts, uh, regional commercial, community commercial, and neighborhood commercial office service and some higher density residential. Um, the proposed regional commercial designation here is consistent with the immediately surrounding land uses along North Saginaw um, and is consistent with future land use designations of the area. Again, the residential designations are very consistent with the properties that are abutting those areas um, within the proposed designation areas. <coughs> Number eight, is the proposed zoning consistent with the future land use designation of the surrounding land in the city master plan? Um, I think I've probably pretty uh, thoroughly answered that already, but that would be a yes. Nine, could all the requirements in the proposed zoning classifications be complied with on the subject parcel? 
And yes, um, we have um, discussed with the applicant their plans for the property in terms of future development. They do intend on bringing forward a plat application in order to subdivide the property for development. And we have reviewed that on a preliminary basis conceptually to ensure that in fact, all of requirements of these zoning designations could be met. And then 10, is the proposed zoning consistent with trends and land development in the general vicinity of the property in question? And yes, um, the vicinity is characterized by land uses that are very similar to those proposed for this subject property. We haven't received any public comments on this project to date. We'll see if we receive any public comments during your public hearing this evening. Staff is recommending approval um, of this rezoning petition um, because it is consistent with the city's future land use map. It supports the goals of the master plan. It'll facilitate development that's consistent with the pattern of use and development in the vicinity of the subject property. And assignment of zoning designations is a necessary step as part of the annexation of this property into the city of Midland. Um, that concludes my presentation this evening. Um, you are at the public hearing stage of the process. The Planning Commission uh, is welcome to consider action tonight. Um, you will be making ultimately a recommendation to City Council on uh, final decision on this uh, zoning petition. Um, and I welcome any questions from the Planning Commission, Mr. Chair. James, go ahead. Uh, could you bring up one of the maps? Now, see, there's a little notch in the uh, lower part of the uh, diagram that isn't part of the, the property. You know, some of these aerials are out of date. Is there is that little area in a notch developed? And the reason I ask that is the the future land use to the lower right of that is high density residential, but the zoning proposal, I believe, is for commercial. Am I correct on that? And, uh, you know, not that I, uh, too picky about everything lining up exactly, but I, I just want to verify there's no uh, uh, reason or harms done by changing the planned area of high-density residential to commercial? Great question. So I believe the property that you are referencing currently has a single-family dwelling on it. Um, and you are correct that we do have uh, a mixture of future land use designations on the property. Um, that is typical, especially with large areas of undeveloped yeah. land. Um, the future land use map in general is meant to be um, more general than specific. Yeah. So the zoning map is meant to be very specific rather than general. Um, and this is really meant to be a guidance document. Um, you'll note that right. um, to the north and west of, um, for the north and west part of that frontage, as well as the properties that are north and west of the subject property, um, that commercial designation does exist up past Stark Road. Yeah, and that's kind of what's planned and then, but to, again, to, it would be to the uh, southeast of that. Looks like it's planned to be residential, and and the actual proposal is for commercial. And uh, I'm just verifying that one, my reading of that situation is right, and just get a feel for what's uh, in that notched area. Okay, uh, thanks. And that notched area is Homer Township, correct? Or is it part of the city? The notched area, I believe, is part of the city. Okay. 
no, I am incorrect. That is Homer Township. Okay. Did you make a comment that it was annexed into the city? It was not. Okay. This the subject property was annexed into the city. Okay. So the property with the hash outline on the map. Okay. Other questions? Okay. okay. The zoning map yeah. does a better job of illustrating what's in and out of the city. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, question uh, back to the future land use map. What are you using? Okay. It just won't stay there. There we go. <laughs> Thanks. All right, so uh, this is supposed to be general, as you said. And so the question I had was, with that uh, orange line running diagonally, do we need measurements on there to know where that is? Not, maybe not on this, but on a zoning map we would? Yeah, so uh, you would expect the zoning map to, um, in general, when you interpret the zoning map, you should be following roadways, parcel lines, et cetera, to determine where the district designations are meant to fall. Right, and um, since we're looking at uh, zoning here. Yes, for a future land use map, you would not necessarily expect that level of accuracy. Right. Um, you will often find it only because um, in most communities, including Midland, the vast majority of the land area is going to be platted, have existing land uses on it. And so those future land use categories tend to be applied more like zoning because there is more knowledge of what's currently existing on the property and the um, it's unusual for the format of that land as it's divided or oriented to change dramatically, even in the period of a master plan. And so you, where you tend to see that become more like it should be, which is more conceptual, is in areas like this where you don't have a street grid, a, a platted area of parcels, and so it's more schematic. It's meant to be, not meant to be measured not meant to be as specific as a zoning map would be. Okay, but since we're looking at rezoning these, correct? Correct. This will be applying okay. city zoning. So are these gonna be three different parcels, separate properties, different properties, or are there gonna be measurements for the zoning map? Do we need that? So you do in your packet have the proposed zoning, which does include the surveyed outlines of the zoned areas. Okay. And that will be specific to the areas in question. So there are measurements on that. Correct. I did not see that. Yes. Okay, thank you. Yep. James and Jamie, did you get your question answered or is there still? Well, just kind of a follow up in that vein though, is that even though those, that notch property is still in Homer Township, they do get notice. Correct. Okay. Any property owner within 300 feet, regardless of jurisdiction, receives notice. Thank you. I, I, that, that gives me the objective information, and then from there it would be listening to the comments and then discussion among ourselves. Okay. Jamie? Yeah, Greg, did you get your question answered? Or? I did. I just had one more. Yeah. Uh, I did not notice when I uh, looked from the road there. What is that boxed hole? in the middle of the, pro not in the middle of the property, but on the west side. By what I can see, it looks like there's two residential properties on that box toll. On, uh, is that on Herbert Road? Yeah. Yes, so there okay. are residential properties that are yeah. in Homer Township that are on those lots. Okay, but this proposed subject property goes around it. It does. Okay. Other questions? All right, thank you. 
Uh, next, we'll invite the uh, petitioner uh, to present. If they are here, just need you to step on the blue mat, give your name and address for the record, and the floor is yours. Good afternoon. Uh, I'm Ben Rubicki with MLR Engineering. Uh, on behalf of Tom McCann tonight, uh, our address is 134 South Main Street in Freeland. Um, not too much for presentation tonight. Uh, we have reviewed staff's report and agree with their findings. Um, be happy to answer any further questions uh, the Planning Commission may have. Questions, Commissioners? All right, thank you. Uh, we'll go ahead and uh, move on and we'll welcome uh, public comments and questions. Um, would ask that uh, those be addressed to us as Planning Commission and questions in particular, we'll do our best to collect those and answer them um, together. So um, welcoming public comments or questions. Public comments or questions. All right, hearing none, um, would the petitioner like to come back up? Sure. <laughs> uh, any final comments? Um, no. Any final questions, Commissioner? All right, thank right. you. Thank you. We'll go ahead and close the public hearing. Um, it's our normal rules of procedure to wait two weeks to move on anything. Um, but as we've traditionally done, I'm happy to waive those rules and consider that this evening if the commission is comfortable doing so. I uh, would need a motion and a second uh, to do so. I move we waive and consider tonight. I'll second. I have a motion and a second to waive our rules of procedure and consider zoning petition number 640 this evening. All those in favor say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. All right, we will consider it this evening. Any comments, commissioners? I'm in support of making these changes. I think it looks uh, appropriate and it looks like a good fit for that area. Yeah, the only minor question I had that uh, I think is validated it's minor now is that uh, uh, difference in the master plan and, and the future use in the lower right. And I mean, that is property on Saginaw Road. And it looks like nobody's objecting Sure. So uh, I'd be uh, inclined to support for those reasons. If somebody raised an objection, it might be a different uh, concern, or if I'm overlooking something, I'd be willing to listen, you know, from what the commission has to say. But uh, tentative, you know, pending that, I'm in favor of this. Yeah, I like the mix of uses for similar reasons, um, in particular because we're buffering the more residential uses from the commercial with less dense, or more dense residential, and kind of stepping down from there. So it helps definitely the property that's, that hole that you pointed out, Craig, um, in particular. So um, I'm all for it as well. It's a good buffer. Any other questions or comments, commissioners? If not, I'm looking for a motion. I move that we, um Commissioner Mayville um, approve uh, zoning petition number uh, 640 this evening. Recommend approval. 
right? Because it needs to go to yes. city council. Yes. I have a motion. Do I have a second? I'll second. Robert. We have a motion and we have a second to approve or to recommend approval of zoning petition number 640 to city council. Will you please call roll? Fields? Yes. Tuckrell? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Collinger? Yes. McCoy? Yes. Broderick? Yes. Bain? Yes. Vanasic? Yes. Craig? Yes. All right, that zoning petition is approved. Thank you. Uh, we'll move on in our agenda to old business. We have one item underneath old business this evening. It is site plan number 418. Um, so I do see the petitioner is here, and I believe there are several in the audience um, as well who are interested in this site plan. Um, I am going to open this back up for public comments. Um, so we'll hear from uh, staff. We'll invite the petitioner up at that time, um, and then we will invite public comments or questions. Um, would ask that when we do public comments um, uh, that we would try and keep those comments to be on the new material that's presented tonight um, and uh, um, just to be respectful of the process and everyone who's here. So with that, um, I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, we uh, did not receive updated materials for this site plan application uh, in time for your packet. And so you do have some materials on the dais tonight for your consideration that the applicant brought uh, with him this evening. Um, you also have three written communications that were received by the planning department after the packet was produced that are in regards to this application. Um, just to remind the planning commission, uh, at your um, July 26th meeting, we reviewed this site plan application for phase four of Alpine Village. At the time, um, there were three primary uh, contingencies that staff had identified related to zoning ordinance requirements um, that we discussed. Um, one, having to do with the parking calculations for the project. Two, having to do with the calculations for open space. And three, having to do with perimeter screening um, to adjacent residential. There was also, as we discussed during adoption of your minutes, some conversation about a contingency that would combine the two parcels that make up Alpine Village, since some of the ordinance requirements appear to be met only uh, when accounting for land that's located on the other parcel um, that constitutes the park. Um, at Planning Commission's request, staff did visit the site and obtain some photographs that depict the current conditions of that western property boundary where the screening is triggered under the zoning ordinance. The applicants also brought photographs this evening for the Planning Commission's consideration. Should the Planning Commission wish to um, substitute the screening requirement for that existing woodlot along the western edge, um, the, the Planning Commission could choose to do that. There are certain conditions that would need to exist in order for that modification to take place, and those are listed in the staff memorandum. So with that, um, Planning Commission tonight uh, can take action uh, to approve the site plan if you wish. Staff has recommended a number of contingencies be included. I would note that if the Planning Commission does act tonight and if they do find that the applicant's materials um, substantively address the contingencies that are outlined in the staff recommendation, I would suggest that the staff recommendation be adopted as presented in the memo so that we can get fully updated plan sets reviewed at a staff level after the meeting um, and adopted. 
since we at this point staff hasn't reviewed the resubmittal, this will enable us to be able to do that with those contingencies in place. Um, if you feel that those contingencies aren't addressed to your satisfaction, um, then we can request further information and the Planning Commission can either add additional contingencies tonight or delay action until those matters are um, further addressed to your satisfaction. Mr. Chair. All right, thank you. Questions, Commissioners, on the new information? Uh, kind of one to staff. Uh, you know, just reading through these briefly, their concerns about pending legislation, their concerns about the operation of the park, but it's also my understanding that I, I'd like a fairly careful confirmation on that we have a very narrow set of criteria that we look at. Uh, uh, and I as you go through, uh, you know, discussing this, uh, maybe you could highlight if any of the, you know, just re reading through these things in a, a you know, few minutes, uh, which one of those align to uh, the objective criteria that are within our, uh, you know, regulatory purview? That's a great question. Um, and you're correct. So, in general, um, a site plan review should be um, considered in alignment with the 20 objective criteria that are contained in the right. zoning ordinance and the specific standards that apply to the use and that apply to the zoning district in question. Mobile home parks are unique in that they have an extra regulatory layer at the state. There are certain state authorities that exist for mobile home park regulation that don't exist for most of our land uses. Right. Some of those regulations supersede the city's ability to regulate a mobile home park. So the city is somewhat limited in how and in, in the manner in which we regulate mobile home parks. That's in large part why the city has a separate mobile home park district in the zoning yeah. ordinance because there are specific standards that must be met to be consistent with state regulatory laws dealing with mobile home parks, but also because there are certain things the city cannot regulate with regard to mobile home parks that fall to those state regulators. Um, and so I would encourage you as you consider any public feedback that you receive to look at those criteria and see if they align with those objective criteria. Um, unfortunately, for better or worse, the Planning Commission's role is limited to um, reviewing the project against those objective criteria yeah. um, rather than necessarily being involved right. in or mediating any conflicts between a landlord tenant um, or an operator um, tenant or resident. Okay, um, and, and one follow-up question and a comment that uh, maybe predates you, but my recollection is the city delegated us final approval to site plans and a large part of that reason was they're just one step removed from check the box and that where our lanes are limited to very specific criteria, especially given that, uh, you know, it's, it's a city council delegated us and they probably won't see it again uh, in terms of a site plan review. And, and the, the second uh, more question is, those mobile home regulatory authorities, do they take place after our review or before? Or are they independent? Or uh, uh, can we assume they'll be done and that it's independent of our decision? Or are there any uh, overlaps we should be aware of? Great. So to take the first question, um, state law 
dictates the manner in which site plans are handled. And so regardless of the reviewing and approval authority, whether it's staff, whether it's the planning commission or city council, um, that state zoning enabling act calls for those decisions to be made based on objective criteria. Okay. So other processes that come before the planning commission and council have um, a great deal more subjectivity mm -hmm. um, permitted. There is a little bit of subjectivity that's permitted to uh, site plan review, but that is tied back to those criteria. Okay. And so um, it's not an unlimited, um, you know, right. based on feelings, based on um, other factors that aren't part of the ordinance process. It really ties back to if compliance with in conformance with standards has been demonstrated, then an applicant is entitled to an approval. So to answer the first question, in terms of the regulatory authorities, the state regulators are involved at the um, post planning commission stage in reviewing the park before construction. They'll be in inspecting the park during construction and they provide ongoing monitoring and supervision of the park as a licensee, um, a licensed operator of a mobile home park. So they're involved over the long term in reviewing some of the issues that I think are coming out in the, the correspondence and public comment we've received are matters that the state regulatory authorities would be tasked with addressing directly. Okay, thank you very much. That's all my preliminary questions. It was helpful, James. Um, it's one thing I've been reminding myself while reviewing the packet as well is that we've got objective criteria that we need to consider. And, um, a lot, most, if not all of us, obviously don't deal with the operation of the park, unfortunately. Other questions on the new material? All right, well, I'd invite the petitioner to come up and present. We'll need your name and address again for the record. My name's Doug Stevens. I'm with Police and Van and Brink Engineering. Um, before you, I brought some photos, I know the uh, Planning department also supplied some photos, but the photos we have, I, we got a key showing where and what direction the photos were taken in. In several of those photos, you can see some pink flagging tape. That pink flagging tape was uh, where wetlands were delineated. So you can see that that tree line is essentially the edge of the wetlands. And since it is protected wetlands, it cannot be disturbed. So that is, there forever. Go ahead. Um, is it the it's right here. It's the larger. Oh, I've got you now. Thank you so the, much. The numbers around there. And I was going to ask too, so we so can see I this. Um, so the audience cannot. Do you have copies that no, you could walk us through real quick or I put was, them up I on think the screen? We have different. Yeah. I think we yes. also have different copies. Ryan, you can pass around the extras. I think we've got. Yeah, it might have. Right, right there. End of it. And he's going to walk us through as well. I'll pass him around. camera? Who needs a number? One more. Thanks. So if you could just walk us through uh, each of the numbers, that'd be helpful. 
Yeah, essentially I started uh, at the at Cherry Blossom Lane and walked my way south along that tree line. So the photographs are basically in order of north to south. Uh, so in figure one, you can see the, uh, the curb and gutter there looking in a southwest direction. They, there's a two, uh, a pathway that's through there right now. I think they use just to dump mulch and various things back there. So that's this photo. Second photo moving just a little bit I further. Yep. On the first photo. Yep. Uh, that uh, path there looks like some gravel. That's behind the proposed sites. Is that correct? That's within the proposed sites. Within the proposed sites, but kind of behind where they're supposed to be. I'm just looking at the numbers. Well, that that pathway will disappear. Right, but the, I'm just talking the about the tree line, line is essentially the back of the okay. properties. Okay, where would uh, a screening go? In between the tree line and that path? No, uh, screening needs to happen between this property and the prop other properties to the west. Okay. And I'm, we're asking that this take place of that screening. Yeah, I understand that. But if we go with a screening and we can't disturb the wetlands, then does it have, I'm just asking a question. He had mentioned we can't disturb the wetlands. So where would the screening go? In front of the trees? Yeah, in that case, the screening would need to fall where it can be placed, which would be outside the regulated wetland area. Okay. Thank you. So then picture two. Yes. We're moving in a southward direction, correct? Yep. Photo three continuing to move south. Photo four is the same thing. That particular photo, you can see some of the flagging tape that denotes the delineation of the wetland. And on the diagram, that jagged line going like that, that is the wetland demarcation? That is the edge of the wetlands, yes. Okay, thank you. Photo four again is moving to the south, but looking more towards the north, back towards Cherry Blossom Lane. Figure five is in the opposite direction, correct? Yeah, figure five is looking north, northwest. And then figure six. Figure six, further south, but looking southwest again. Figure seven is further south, but looking uh, northwest. And figure eight is further south, uh, looking to the southwest, and again, that photo, you can, there's a pink flag that you can see that you know, is a wetland delineation. Okay. So with the updated materials that we have, um, there is still no privacy fence as a part of the plan. You're still asking for us to make an exception in this case, yes. correct? Yes, correct. Um, 
if we were not to grant that exception, and we were, to Greg's point, um, have to build a privacy fence there, is it physically possible to do so without going into the wetland? Yes. Okay. And then I believe there were other contingencies as well. One of them I know that was talked a lot about was the combination of the properties. Yes, and I discussed that with the property owner. They had no issues doing that. It sounds like it's a very simple administrative task here at the city to combine those since both parcels are owned by the same owner. It's uh, not much more than a letter, if I'm correct. Okay. Requesting that they be combined. Other questions or comments? Yes, Jim. Uh, following up on you know, a fence, there, as I recall, in some cases, there are two reasons for a fence. One is the privacy barrier, and the other is if the slope into uh, like a detention pond or a, you know, a wetland or something like that is uh, uh, you know, fairly steep, you should have a fence mainly to keep kids from you know, wandering in you know, to a detention pond or things like that. Is, are we dealing with that situation here? Do we're we not, not? We're not. There's very little grade difference between the wetland area and the developed area of the property, and there's no code requirement um, yeah. related to grade or wetlands or, or stormwater facilities that would, it's simply a screening requirement because of the residential zoning that uh, exists to the west. Okay, and to follow up on that, uh, can screening requirements be met by a hedge or should, could, does it have to be a fence, you know, as in a, like a chain link or can, a slattered thing? It, it can be evergreen planting, so it could okay. be evergreen trees or evergreen shrubs that uh, meet the height characteristics necessary to provide okay. the screening. Now, when I was at the property on the weekend, I noticed a large part of the trees, they don't really show up in the photo. What shows up in the photo are more bushes that are, I, I assume, deciduous, but there are a considerable amount of evergreen trees in the wetland, kind of on that border. Is, is that a correct statement? Is that a question for the yeah. applicant? Yeah, yeah, there are quite, a, it's a mix, a mix of deciduous and evergreen, but there are definitely some evergreens in here. Okay, uh, that's a that's a good question, James. Uh, so in the winter time, is there going to be yeah? Okay, uh, screening. Go back. Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Yeah. Go. I think there's a deciduous or an evergreen here. Back here, there's another evergreen. Okay, but the taller ones, though, are those? No, those. The are taller more ones are. Yeah, those are deciduous. deciduous. Okay. But Other those questions? are well over the height requirements. So. Yeah. Question: Do you have a feel for the depth of that area? I mean, I'm uh, estimating by looking at least by seventy feet. Seventy feet. Okay. So it's fairly substantial. So my question was: In the winter time, when the leaves have fallen, or do we have a screening there? And that's a, it's a question know. that's hard to answer in the summer. Um, <laughs> We certainly have a dense amount of vegetation there. Um, I would not expect it to provide, and the reason why the city requires evergreen screening is because it does provide 12 month screening right. um, that deciduous plantings um, will not. Um, yeah, this says this is a more width than I have on my property in town. I have about 30 feet <laughs> to the property line, but in the winter time, you can see right through. Yeah. Uh, 
Other questions for the applicant on the new material? All right. The, there you. was one, the one other item about yes. the parking, the uh, calculations for that. We have that on the plan as well, but I think we addressed it two weeks ago that with a third parking space on every lot, it more than meets what the ordinance requires. And there were open space calculations as well? Yes. Okay. So there, if I'm understanding correctly, there is, we're seeing part of an updated plan in front of us, but um, it was not submitted to staff in time, correct? Correct. Thank you. All right, thank you. We'll uh, invite you back up for a final comment at, later. So we'll go ahead and open uh, the floor for public comments or questions. Um, again, would ask that we limit them to comments and questions on the new material that's been presented um, and that you address those to us as a commission. Um, questions in particular, we'll do our best to collect and, and answer towards the end. I'll just need you, everybody will need to step up on the blue mat, give a name and address for the record, and then the floor is yours. Jen Letourneau. What else did you say? Uh, name and address for both of you, please. Um, Jen Letourneau, 7312 Lilac Court in Midland, Michigan, 48642. Okay, and I'm Tracy Mayer, um, 3408 Alpine Drive, Midland, obviously, 48642. <laughs> Thank you. So my question on the new material is you talked about fencing against the wetlands. We get a lot of erosion in the park. Doesn't that pose a problem with putting fencing, even trees, it would eventually collide with the protected wetlands? Okay, thank that you. That is my question. All right, thank you for your question. And then on top of it, like the fencing and stuff, we don't have any fencing on the original site that was the first of Alpine when Bill Fisher owned it. Everything on the actual first part on the other side of Alpine, then the other side is the newer side, and then we have the across the okay. crypt, and then there, the phase four. Okay, so if they're gonna do fencing, they never did fencing and yeah. stuff along the back side of Alpine. Mm -hmm. So when our creek floods, and it doesn't flood that much anymore, but who knows because of the draining system mm -hmm. and how it comes out, out of the wetlands here, it just, just, just depends. Um, so even on that side, I don't even know how much of the wetlands would flood. So if you have sitting water, and if you do private fencing of white, wood, metal, anything like that, you're going to have rusting, you're going to have erosion, like she said. Um, you're going to have possible over the years of like everything being exposed, kids climbing fences. Um, they don't take care of what we have now in the park, is what I'm saying. So who's going to maintain that? Who's going to maintenance that? Because if Haven Park hasn't taken care of us, as a whole on the other side that's been there 30, 40 years yeah. of old stuff. There's wiring. I'm just letting you know that there is a lot of things in maintenance that have not been taken care of. That was probably on the other meeting. I'm probably out of my reach of <laughs> doing it, but I'm just stating my facts because I work. I'm a working citizen. I got here at the seat of my pants because <laughs> Jen has like been our to-go person. She's really put everything together nicely like Basically, our layout <laughs> we care about the park and we, we want do. to beautify I've been, it but i've been here there 25 years so i'm speaking of the residents that are still there 
in that 10 year mark, the 15 mark, um, I have a, a mom that's 74 living with me. Um, there's a lot of people on fixed incomes. My complaint is doing to this expansion, okay? My lot hasn't expanded. So they're making this inflation, they're bringing in $90,000 homes. I live in a home that's a 1991. Why don't they do like some kind of a loan? If they're gonna refurbish, refurbish what you got that those people are making your money, okay? That's like what I want to see. I don't wanna see expansions. Personally, I wouldn't buy. Those homes are beautiful, but they're not filling up as greatly as they thought they were. Because Bill Fisher went in with this thinking of money. He, his kids didn't wanna take care of it, so now we've got investors taking care of us. These investors are not gonna take care of us. So we are people, we are human. We have homes that are like 25 years old. We can't pull out of there. You know what I mean? Because once those structures are gone, that property, if we go down the way down in on Stark Road or wherever the zoning can be for mobile homes to be on property, we don't have that choice, okay? If they don't wanna take and they wanna expand, they need to do something for us Buy out that property, rezone what's already there. Give us money, let us walk, you know what I mean? Why are you expanding more into wetlands when there's 30-year-old wiring, there's cable, we only got one choice of satellite, you know what I mean? So it's dictatorship because they are setting it up that way. So I really, I'm not for <laughs> the expansion because we are not gonna get taken care of. And their thing was, Mm, it's inflation. Well, my lot hasn't changed in 25 years. Yeah. I haven't bought property. I haven't bought another acre. You know what I mean? So us paying five, $600 rent already, that it's gonna go up, and we're paying for inflation for something new to come in, we're not being taken care of. So we would really like the city to consider that, okay? I mean, it's nice that we have expansions. I love the new homes that are down the road on Stark Road great. I wish I could afford $1,000 to $1,500 a month. Yeah. I would live in a townhome. I would leave my mobile home. You know what I mean? It's a little bit more structured because when Dorothy and Toto weather come in, we have no emergency shelters. We have nothing anymore. So basically, so. we just, we care about the park. We want to beautify the park. We really yeah. do. And I personally, I'm for an expansion only if in contingencies we're taken care of first. Yeah. Um, why pull out a loan, for an example, a loan that you're already past due on, you know, other ones, you, you can't afford to take care of one if, you know, you're already behind on the others. They're behind on all of us. Um, they've made promises. They've taken away our tornado shelters. Just, But my main thing, we're talking about the current new things, right. was the erosion of the fencing. Right. It wouldn't work. We do flood there. We yeah. haven't the last two years since the major flood. I mean, I was there in 17, and what was it? Um, but 17 and 20 volt flooded. Can I jump in and add to, and add to this a little bit? Um, I'm Kelly, and I live at 74 Late Lilac. Um, to piggyback on her, I do dog training, um, and I use that exact area for that purpose, for recreational, basically, right? Um, it does flood. Um, I don't know, I haven't seen, I know that the city has, um, puts out where we can see water and where there's standing water and everything else. I know there's maps of that. Um, I worked mosquito control for a while, so I got to see all that. Um, that area gets pretty bad. 
the other side of the creek, which in between where we have houses sitting on both sides, again, and I've been there almost eight years now, and we've been through essentially two floods in eight years. Our water table is really high. All I'm asking, and I mean, I, I can stand up here in my soapbox too, and I, I mean, I'm a veteran. I, I, I don't want to see this all happen in my park, but all I'm asking is that you guys scrutinize as carefully as you can all these statutes that you have to fall between. Because I understand you have, I was, I was in the military for 13 years. I understand you have certain things, criteria that has to be met, but make sure that they meet those and that they somewhat at least take care of us. Please before they throw before they throw a whole bunch more new houses up that they can't even that they can't even get rid of now. Because it's not doing anybody any yeah. good. Yeah. All the rest of us residents agree on that as well. Yeah. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven of us showed up. They Auto. do have brand new homes that they did bring in on the, we call it the new side, but it's the side between Dublin and the Sturgeon Creek. And then where they want to They do are, some of them are not put together yet. They're, they've been sitting there a year in pieces, in half. Um, now we have safety issues. We all have kids. Kids are running around and you've got, and you've got double wides, which imagine what those way. They've got skirting underneath open because they haven't set it, they haven't tied it down, they haven't did anything. So, okay, granted, a kid can't budge something, but if there has been wind, we've had high winds in Michigan, there's anything like that that has reset, how do you not know that it's not on its foundation? It takes one time and the kid's out. You know what I mean? That is liability. There's some so safety concerns. They have to have, they, we don't have but one maintenance guy on ground right now so actually that needs to be addressed I mean if you're gonna run a company and you're gonna have three sites you're gonna have a lot going on you need to have staff we've been through how many managers five in three years five yeah. managers how many, okay. how many maintenance so men? I'm gonna, I think I'm, hang, on, hang on hang on I, I apologize but if we're going to be speaking we need to be using the blue okay. mat and get people on camera so okay. we've had Tracy and Jen correct yep. And Kelly. then, I'm sorry, I did not catch your Kelly. name. Kelly. So I need Kelly. a full name and an address from you, sir. I'm sorry. Kelly Eaton, 7408 Lilac. Okay. I do want to add on to the erosion thing. I'm stuck on that. I really am. Um, when we're talking about erosion, if you look through the brand new blacktop and roads that they just installed three years ago, we have already got very deep cracks. You can see where the roads have actually fallen from the natural curb. So it's... Water table is really high. Yeah, it's, it's, our, it's not a good... Our yards don't even drain even on the old side. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just feel that before something is approved, they, you know... They really need to look it at really it. needs to be looked at and double-checked thoroughly before <laughs> something like this is done because we have felt it firsthand twice in three years, four years. And I would want um, somebody to get on that side and have high water table that they have to worry about that is going to ruin their plumbing or come up even an erosion because if you have those houses backed up on that property line of the wetlands and there's erosion starting you're going to have on balance trailers that's not fair you pay ninety thousand you don't want your house to do that when you're on a lot so there's really set a lot of considerations they need to take the i mean i'm not a construction person but it doesn't make rocket scientists throw their the dams know. will come back um they're talking about it when we don't know but that has always played a big part in our water levels there at the park too and rain from the north yep. what happens in the north always comes down to us, us all of the time <laughs> it 
um, like. every spring minus this spring that creek has gotten so high where it has been pretty level with the bridge the, <laughs> the bridge if not higher up by the basketball that's court yeah that's pretty high um that bridge is very deteriorated boards are falling rust everything i put that in my note that you guys have there um but i just careful consideration to this expansion it's right now it's not a good idea it just needs to be delayed so not opposed just delayed appreciate your comments and um so if i'm understanding you correctly i think we've heard erosion seems to be one of the core concerns that you guys have raised so far in the high water table in the area that's being proposed to be developed I think I also heard concerns about ongoing safety uh, as well as maintenance and operation of the park yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. yep. Correct? Did, right. did I miss anything? Um, tornado shelter. I'm not sure what the where, what falls into how many people you have versus how far you have to go where, where a tornado shelter is available. Um, we had one, I, I quote had, we've had these floods. Um, what I've heard, I haven't been down there personally, I don't know if either one of these guys have, but um, they said that it just doesn't fall within spec anymore. It's no longer safe. It's the basement of our clubhouse. We all walk in the clubhouse perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, why aren't they be it drywall or whatever needs to be done? Why aren't they providing us that? Unless, unless they don't legally have to. Like I said, I'm not sure what the statute is there, but it would be nice to know because we used to have that. Now we don't, now we have the mall. So we gotta make it from where we're at, at least. To a ditch to the mall or the ditch on the <laughs> side of the airport. Yeah. So, so I've, I've got the tornado shelter on here as well. So, and I want to make sure we have time for other people to provide comments. Right. So, and I just want to note on his about the shelter. I've been there 25 years and yes, Bill Fisher let us. Now Haven Park has come in and told us that we are not allowed to use it because the gas lines coming in and everything and it's a liability. That was their excuses and the managers that have taken that spot for five years. But my concern is your gas lines are in your home too. So you take the liability. Would I rather a gas line or get blown away? So, I mean, there's just a lot of options that if they can't do it, then build it somewhere on the property. You know, do a shelter instead of doing an expansion or find somewhere where we can do. So that's all I have to say, sorry. So thank you, Tracy and Jen. Kelly, if you could stay real quick. Just uh, want you to step onto the blue mat and then give your full name and address just to make sure we got it for the record. Kelly Eaton, 7408, Lilac Court, Midland, Michigan, 48642. Okay. Oh, you need me to do it again? Sure, okay. please. Okay, um, 3408 Alpine Drive, and I'm Tracy Mayer. All right, thank you, Tracy, Jen, and Kelly. Additional public, new public comments or questions on the new material? Again, I apologize. We, um, it's a public meeting. Um, we need to get everyone on camera. So um, if you need assistance getting up there as well, um, we're happy to do that too. Um, so yes, ma'am, go ahead. Uh, yep, name and address on the blue mat. Lori Sanderson, 3705 Cherry Blossom Lane, Midland, Michigan. I have a question on the reservoir. I know we discussed that and we're discussing the wetlands in this meeting. Are, is the reservoir to be mowed or is it to be filled with trees and debris? It, it used to be mowed, that's my question. Is, it, is that reservoir supposed to be filled with growth, vegetation? Okay, thank you for your question. We'll do our best to answer it at the end. Um, also, 
I have the issue with the new trailers. Um, I'm proposing that they postpone this because they have new trailers that have sat there since before November that are not even finished and they want to add 44 more. They need to finish what they have started before they propose adding on more trailers. Um, the bridge you can't even walk on. There's so many, the, there's drains uh, that have huge holes on them that kids are gonna fall in and get hurt. They're not taking care of, and that's on the new side. So if they can't take care of what's there, this should be postponed until they are able to take care of what is already there before they propose putting in new ones. They don't even allow enough room for a car to park in these new driveways they hang out onto the road. Mm -hmm. yes. So it's dangerous. You can't, you stop at the stop sign and you can't see um, on Cherry Blossom, we live in Cherry Blossom, and you can't see to get past because the cars have to sit out in the road. So I'm not sure who monitors all that. If we need to get a hold of the state, that's fine. If we, I'm not sure how we find out who to contact for those, but those are some of our concerns. Okay, thank you, Lori. Appreciate your comments and your question. Thanks. Other public comments, new public comments or questions on the new material? Hi, my name is Jackie Bame. I live at 3404 Lily Court. Um, I'm, I'm one of the residents there in Alpine and I'm in agreement with everything that has been said. You be, I believe you've received some correspondence kind of summarizing some of those concerns. So I won't go over that, but I do have a question. Um, if my understanding that the council or the commission is going to be putting a contingency on the proposed expansion that both the east and west side properties would be combined into one. So for example, like the east side couldn't be sold off. That's your question? Yes. Okay, thank you. And then I had one other question. Yep. Um, within the proposed expansion, there is a fenced-in area that does appear to be wetlands, a retention pond. There's something there that's obviously retaining water. And I hadn't seen that in any of the pictures or that addressed in any way. <clears throat> You're is saying that... an existing retention pond? Yeah, it's all fenced-in right now. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, one other thing. Yep. It's also my understanding from you know everything that you've heard today uh, that you cannot place any contingencies with our concerns on this expansion. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh, we'll get to that, but short answer is yes. Okay. Yep. All right, thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Other public comments, new public comments or questions on the new material? Again, if you need assistance, please let us know. We're happy to uh, assist. New comments or questions on the new material? All right, hearing none. Um, I will invite Doug if you'd like to come back up. Yeah, I've got a few uh, comments that I can make. Uh, one is uh, regarding uh, water from flooding. It is outside. The, the area we're developing in, it's outside of the floodplain per the FEMA maps. So we meet that criteria. We're not within the floodplain. It may flood, but
but my backyard floods every spring too. Not um, like it did there. No. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. The detention pond is that's what is there that is fenced in because of the slope. Okay. Uh, it had to be fenced in, and that was put in with the last phase, but it was sized to include this phase also, so nothing will change as far as the size or configuration of that. Uh, maintenance of that is up to the owner. Okay. And the other thing is uh, the owner did say they did hire a new community manager last week, uh, and once they get on board, uh, they definitely will be having some public meetings because he's seen all this correspondence too, so. All right, thank you, Doug. Um, so as we're closing the public hearing, um, I believe the uh, most of the questions that we had about the erosion with the new fence, um, as well as the retention pond have been answered. I think the only other question that we can answer, Jacob, is the combination of the parcels question. Am I correct or? In terms of the, the combination of the parcels is because the zoning criteria for the mobile home park are only met when you take into account the entire park. So the expansion is on one parcel that's before you for consideration. The other parcel that contains the older portions of the mobile home park has some of the open space that is necessary to meet the criteria for the park as a whole. So by tying these together through a lot combination, will demonstrate that the entire park is satisfying that criteria. And then in general, once a, two parcels have been combined, they are then sold as a single unit at that point, correct? Correct. Okay. Am I allowed to ask a question about that? Uh, or not yet? Go ahead, Jamie. Is, there, is it possible for, are we allowed to put a deed restriction on that to prevent future splits? Um, I'm not sure that that would be necessary or appropriate. If a split were to come forward, to the city, um, it would be reviewed by the planning department. And given that there is a site plan governing the development, I think that would preclude the division unless there was a new land use proposed for okay. the, the area. James, do you have a question on the answers to the questions or well, a comment? Well, it's, 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 it's a follow-up to uh, one comment I heard from uh, about the uh, parking. Okay. Uh, and, you know, congestion on the street. And it, it ties back to, uh, you know, their requirements for how much parking there is. And, uh, you know, what we were presented with said, well, we're exceeding that because there's three per unit. But if there's somebody like having a party or friends over, uh, would that be accommodated by the three per unit from a, a you know, ordinance perspective, or would the ordinance require that some of the parking be more shareable and parking in somebody else's yard or blocking the street? The ordinance is um, a bit unclear on that point. So it speaks to providing um, the guest spaces on a, on a per three lot basis. Um, and it doesn't specify if those guest spaces have to be provided in aggregate or scattered around, or if they can be provided in the manner proposed by the applicant. So I think the Planning Commission has some discretion there. If you feel like the proposed allocation of guest parking is not satisfactory, to request that it be allocated in a different manner. 
Thank you. All right, so I'll go ahead and close the public hearing. I want to thank Doug um, for coming with new information, walking us through those new photos. I want to thank Tracy, Kelly, Jen, Lori, and Jackie as well for uh, coming and speaking publicly and for everyone else who's here in the audience. Uh, so we have the opportunity to deliberate and possible decision by the Planning Commission tonight. Um, so commissioners, I, I would propose there are two paths at this point. Um, one is um, uh, to basically adopt uh, uh, to adopt the site plan as outlined in the memo, as Jacob indicated, um, or we could table this until staff has had more opportunity to review the new drawings. Um, those are the two paths in my mind. I'm willing to entertain others if, there, if others think there are some. James. Well, uh, there is the question of the barrier and the fencing, and is that required or not? And I don't think that's resolved yet, given the deciduous nature of most of the plannings there and uh, what I guess my question is to staff is given that the ordinance requires you know either a you know a more physical barrier or evergreens do we even have the flexibility of uh, saying the existing plannings are adequate in lieu of fencing. You do. So uh, in the staff memo tonight, tonight you have the three standards that you can consider when modifying the landscaping requirements. And so one or more of those three would have to be met in order to accept the modified standard, um, essentially to allow the existing um, woodland wetland area to substitute for the required screening. Um, those are topographic features or other unique features of the site uh, which create conditions such that strict application of the landscaping regulations would result in a less effective okay. screen. Um, two, it could be parking vehicular circulation or land use or such that required landscaping would not enhance the site or result in the desired screening effect or the third standard is the public benefit intended by the landscaping regulations could be better achieved with a plan that varies from the strict requirements of the ordinance. So I think within at least um, numbers one and three, um, you could certainly make an argument for a substitution of an existing wooded area. Um, I would not leap to necessarily finding that the wooded area in this case satisfies that, I'd leave that to the Planning Commission to, to decide, but I think that those standards are meant for situations like this where you do have a situation where you have existing landscaping in place. And I don't want to make that argument yeah. here to end of that deliberation unless we as a commission feel like we're ready to deliberate the entire site plan at this point. So that's the question okay. is do we feel that even with the new information that's been presented, we still don't have enough to deliberate this at this point. Um, or maybe the other option would be that we haven't had enough time and staff hasn't had enough time to review the new material for us to be prepared to deliberate. So if that's the case, we can table this until our next meeting. Otherwise, we need to consider this evening. Yes, Greg. Yeah, I'll, I'll answer that in okay. my second <laughs> point. Okay, on um, how I think. Uh, but first off, um, this is not within our purview, but a lot of the comments uh, around 
dangerous bridge on there for, I think it's pedestrian bridge, uh, erosion, roads, detention pond. Uh, wouldn't that fall under the uh, building and engineering department uh, for them to potentially uh, review that the residents could go to? That's not for us, but I'm just asking the question. So, I mean, in terms of the, the pedestrian bridge over the creek. Right, if it's know, dangerous and if the pond is not up, kept up. Yeah, if the pond is not kept up, that's definitely something that the engineering department could look into. If the roads um, are eroding away, someone mentioned yeah. that. We've already made a referral to code enforcement to take a look at the complaints that have been registered to date to see what we can take enforcement action on, if anything. Okay. Um, we are, as I said, limited in the situation of a mobile home park. The Bureau of Construction Codes at the state of Michigan is the first line of enforcement because they're the licensing entity for the mobile home park. And so generally speaking, the, the city's purview is generally around the edges of the park where it's impacting the outside public. Within the park is generally a Bureau of Construction Codes um, licensing matter. Okay. And so when it comes to some of the electrical issues that were mentioned today, those are typically things that the state is permitting and reviewing as part of the park permitting process, not the city. So that's the proper place for the residents to go to for Correct. that? Correct. Yes. Okay. And then now getting to, <laughs> thank you for my diversion. Um, so on your uh, question, I think I have enough to okay. go forward with a decision. Okay. With that in mind, Mr. Chair, I would point out not to muddy uh, the situation further, but um, the landscape modification doesn't require the Planning Commission to um, either take the modification proposed or apply the strict standard of the code. The Planning Commission could choose a hybrid of that approach. So I would note that when staff visited the site, um, we noted there are some evergreen trees within the forested area. Um, there are many deciduous shrubs and trees in that area. The Planning Commission could opt for a hybrid approach where fewer evergreen plantings were required than would normally be required to recognize the existing wooded area and those existing uh, evergreen plantings, but would also supplement those so that in the winter and spring and fall, so the better part of nine months of the 12 month year in Michigan, when the leaves aren't gonna be at their fullest, um, that we would have a more complete screening barrier uh, in place. Um, you could go as far as to request the applicant to actually inventory those existing evergreens within the wetland area so that we have a better idea of where those areas need to be filled in um, and we could apply the standard to ensure that those are counted towards that screening. So I just wanted to recommend that because as we noted in the discussion earlier, um, it's hard to say with certainty the effectiveness of this screening at the current time um, compared, as compared to if we were reviewing this case in January, uh, we might have a better idea of what that screening would actually accomplish at that time of year. Is anybody, uh, I guess they asked the question in reverse. I mean, so from my perspective, um, the site plan as it currently stands um, is largely complete, largely meets the criteria. Um, not convinced that any new information in the next two weeks will substantially change that. Um, but again, want to open it up to the commission. Well, more clarity on the percent of evergreen plantings versus not uh, would contribute, I think, substantively to our delibor deliberations. So what would the new information you'd be requesting? Well, what he was just uh, going over. More of the hybrid approach? 
Well, I th uh, thought it was uh, more like along an inventory or at least a gap analysis on where there would be deficiencies in screening based on the fact that, say, this part of the barrier is all deciduous versus evergreen. Mr. Chair, yes. I, I think we could uh, put that in a contingency uh, tonight that uh, we uh, make sure that there's appropriate screening to meet the uh, regulations and whether they fill it in with evergreens uh, for what's needed or a fence or whatever uh, might need to be done to do that, that they can do that with uh, staff's review uh, as they move forward. Yeah, I'd be comfortable with that. Okay. I have a question. So if these two parcels are joined, and it goes to the question that you're asking, if these two parcels are joined, then does the whole lot then come under our, I guess, review when it comes to the privacy screen? They had mentioned that there's no privacy screen. So, that, so they can use the second parcel and joining that to meet the open space criteria without having to abide by the privacy screening for the whole parcel once those two become joined? I mean, typ typically in, in review of an expansion like this, we wouldn't be looking at screening of an existing phase of the park anyway. Um, that, would, that wouldn't be typically under the review purview of the Planning Commission, even if this was already combined. Um, I'd have to look. I, I can't claim to have enough information off the top of my head to know whether there's any required screening and any other part of the park um, and that it's not in fact already there. The screening only kicks in when there's adjacent residential properties, which is why in this case with the expanded area, it's only along that western property line where there is a residential zone to the west. To the south, there's not residential zoning and so there's no screening requirement. Um, so staff would have to take a, a holistic look at the adjoining zoning districts and land uses are along the remainder of the property to make that determination. Did that answer your question? Um, yes. Probably not. <laughs> no, <laughs> but the answer is I can't really answer that question tonight. Yeah, if you wanted an answer. us to analyze existing screening, um, we would need to do some additional research on um, those the zoning districts as well as the existing conditions elsewhere on the site in terms of screening in order to accurately answer that question. Okay, Mr. Chair, you may also uh, have to look back at the previous site plan and approval of that and what was contingencies or not for screening and things. So there was approval at some point. I'm sorry, approval of what? Of whatever that old site plan was. Oh, okay. So I'm hearing more consensus around an up and down vote this evening. Um, I'm going to ask one more time if anybody else does not feel comfortable deliberating. Can I, can I ask a question? Yes. What what percentage of us do we need to move forward tonight? Does this just need to be unanimous, or I mean, or majority? It does not. No. So do we just do we need to do a vote on that to move it forward tonight? A motion and a. I don't believe so. So. Um, okay. Based off our rules of procedure, we waited the standard two okay. weeks, so there's nothing to waive. There's really, okay. So, um, so, so I think. I'm sorry, ahead. so if we chose not to act on this tonight, then we would need a motion to table this or no? Correct. Okay. okay. And at this point, I'm hearing that the 
better path forward for the commission is to vote this up or down. So I think if that's the pathway, the voting up or down is uh, twofold here. Oh, we could either, as we originally thought, um, we could adopt the site plan as recommended by staff in the memo, um, or we could make a slight revision to the landscaping uh, requirement contingency um, that's already in that. I would agree, because I always look at these situations and say, what is two weeks going to gain us? I mean, what new information will we get? And as long right now, I think the biggest point of contention is that screening, if we make that contingency tonight, I would be comfortable voting. Okay. It's currently in there. Right. Would you want to change that contingency, Greg? I don't think so. I think that's adequate um, unless we need to change it with they have the option of partial based on discussion with staff if there's existing evergreens. It, as currently uh, um, provided to you in the staff memo, the contingency would require the full screening to be added to the plan. So if the Planning Commission desires a modification or was willing to entertain a modified plan, um, I would modify the contingency accordingly. Okay, I'm okay with doing a modified, but we'd have to state a motion that way if we were to move forward with a motion to approve. So I think the motion at this point would be to approve site plan number 418 as outlined in the staff recommendation with a revision to what number of contingency is it? Six. six. With a revision to the sixth contingency to allow for, I guess, more flexibility in or how would you state that? Staff's preference would be more specificity in what you're looking for. So if, for instance, the Planning Commission would be willing to entertain um, consideration of existing evergreens to offset required evergreens, mm -hmm. then um, that would give us something actionable to work with the applicant on. So it would be a recommendation to approve site plan number 418 as outlined in the staff recommendation with a revision to the sixth contingency to add the consideration of existing evergreens in the calculation of overall screening. Does that sound specific? I would make that motion, but I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead so I will make that motion. Okay. We need a second. Second. We have a motion and we have a second to approve site plan number 418 as outlined in the staff recommendation with a revision of the sixth contingency to provide for additional consideration of existing evergreens in the overall calculation of landscape screening. We have a motion and we have a second. Can you please call roll? Fields? No. Decro? Yes. Mayville? Yes. Bollinger? Yes. McCoy? Yes. Broderick? Yes. Bain? Yes. Panasic? Yes. Craig? No. That motion is carried. I want to thank everyone again for coming this evening. Appreciate your comments. And uh, uh, if it wasn't clear earlier, there are unfortunately just certain questions and considerations that uh, are outside of our purview. So. We'll move on to the next item in our agenda. That is public comments unrelated to items on the agenda.
We'll wait for the room to clear, I guess. So I'm looking for public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. Public comments unrelated to items on the agenda. Hearing none, we'll move on. Any new business? I don't believe there is any. There are no new communications, I don't believe. Um, I do not have a report other than to thank the nominating committee again um, for <laughs> um, uh, giving me another term as chair, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, appreciate the continued trust, and uh, Aaron, welcome again. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks for doing that for us. Uh, report of the planning director. I'd also like to thank the nominating committee. I do know I'm in Midland. It's um, <laughs> like my kids have the same first letter in their names and I mix them up all the time. I love them both equally. I love Mount Pleasant and Midland equally. Uh, Choose your allegiance. <laughs> so, Midland more every day though. So um, my only uh, update or report is um, looking at a date, either um, your second meeting in September or possibly your first meeting in October uh, for a potential work session to um, start a conversation back up on City Modern and the master planning process. Um, tentative thought on that is um, staff has been inventorying the goals that are outlined in the city's current master plan and I don't believe the Planning Commission has um, reviewed those goals yet to date to um, see where we may have goals that need to carry forward, where we need goals to be modified, where we may have some gaps in those goals, or if we have any goals that we want to remove um, from that list, just to give us a basic framework to start with, um, with the intent that we could then go to staff and other stakeholders and ask those same questions and then ultimately go back out to the public to get some feedback on um, some of those substantive details um, before we really push forward into the planet part of the city modern process. So um, if that is um, acceptable to the planning commission, um, we'll look at a date to do a six o'clock work session uh, at one of those upcoming meetings. So that's all I have tonight. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, uh, particularly as we get into planet, I think we've been kind of looking for some way to start filtering some of this down and to make some of the areas of our consideration more real, for lack of a better term, something we can communicate but the, the community can grab onto as well. So um, yeah, I think we're looking at those goals and um, potentially coming up with some new ones would be great. Craig? Yeah, I think that's a great idea to do that. Uh, but what, what's the vision? I would like to hear what the vision is we're trying to have those goals achieve. Uh, from the city, that's something that maybe should come from the city council uh, that we need to uh, hear. I'm sure there's something there. I don't recall what that is. And those goals should align with uh, a vision for the city. I would argue that it's potentially our job to cast that vision. Yeah. Master plan yeah. in particular is something we've been But given. maybe there's something in the master plan, I just don't recall it. Okay. And, and I will say my, um, my thinking with this approach is that as we look at those goals, rather than starting from scratch, uh, because community change changes a lot in a decade, but it doesn't completely change. And so there's likely a lot of things that we've made progress on in the last 10 plus years that we still have a lot of work to do on. There are probably a few goals that seemed really important and uh, at that planning period that are no longer important. There's a heck of a lot of new stuff that's <laughs> happened just since this planning process started 
that would probably need to get added to that list. And I think to your point, uh, perhaps seeing where those goals align within the three different planning areas that have already been identified may help us to kind of drive to what, where do we need to go in terms of the vision? Like where, where are the, the major um, work areas that we'd be focusing on our, over the next several years? Um, and so it's a little, it's a little um, maybe not, not the normative way of starting with the vision and working down from there. Um, but I think we've got a lot of good community feedback already um, from the first phase of the project. And I think before we go back to the community, it's important for us to have something really substantive for them to respond to. And I think having that goals framework in place would give the community an opportunity to really see where things are headed um, and to provide that kind of feedback that'll give the Planning Commission confidence that we're on the right track. I think that's what most excites me is it's a challenge, um, but you know, being able to look forward, but I know I've heard from many of you up until this point of also, you know, um, looking back to a certain degree as well. So um, maintaining the things that need to ma be maintained, um, making sure that some of that history and tradition that is in Midland um, is balanced by that looking forward as well. So um, it's a tough task, but I'm excited about it. So I'm excited that we're going to get uh, re-kicked off at this point. So uh, anything else? That's it. All right, we have two items on our next agenda for August 23rd, um, a zoning petition and a conditional use permit. Um, so with that, I am looking for a motion to adjourn. Can I just say one thing before yes. we do it? I just, I just want to go on record to say this is, this was kind of sad, you know, some of the comments that uh, we heard here. And I just, you know, you had mentioned that you guys had already started a process to look into some of this because I know it's not within our purview, but it's kind of sad when you <laughs> hear some of those comments so you wish there's much you could do yeah yeah so i mean we're we, i know we have we have so much we we only can do so much up here but it sure. is just kind of sad to hear some of that stuff so in the same vein though i think the last meeting that we had we kind of discussed things we can do to at least communicate it better to the public i really do like greg's idea of i don't even think it was meant to be an idea but if we can let them know which entities can help even if it's yeah. casually in the meeting i think that's at least then we're not just ignoring yeah. it and moving on with our agenda. It's more so here's where you can go to get those things sourced, and here's what we can do at this juncture here. Absolutely. Well, that's what I was trying to yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and that's good. I mean, that's a good point, too. You know, we and I, I'd like to thank the chair for and the people who participated. It, it was, it's, it's a potentially tense situation, but it was kept pretty much on the yes. rails. So thank you. from yes. a meeting point of view, <laughs> thanks. For that Definitely. and uh, separately I'm glad Steve Arnosky was here mm -hmm. well I'm encouraged that uh, code enforcement uh, yeah, has already me. been involved yeah, right. Um, right. and uh, I think we heard numerous times um, that the uh, construction codes at the state um, is ultimately where yeah. this needs to go um, yeah. if they have additional issues so I'm Sorry, glad that I'm glad that you draw that, drew that out, Greg, last meeting, yeah. and I think we drew it out multiple times yeah. here as well. So Thank you. I just wanted to yeah. state that. No, so. I appreciate it, Sean. Yeah. It's something we need to continue yeah. to do in future yeah. meetings as well, yeah. um, to your point, Ariel. Yeah. So. I right. make a motion to adjourn. There we go. Second. <laughs> motion and a second to adjourn. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Those opposed, same sign. Oh. We are adjourned.